You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 257th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Coach Tim in Orlando, Florida. And this is Spencer in Boston. Coach, uh, I wasn't expecting you to show up tonight. I was expecting Tim. Um, And when I heard Coach Tim was going to be here, I knew we were going to need reinforcements. Oh, yes. No, we we did need a little bit of reinforcements. My birthday is tomorrow, so the coach came out to play. Yeah, it is tour time. It is uh, the height of racing season. We've got a lot going on, a lot to cover, and I need I need this podcast to be in its A game. So we had to bring in a big hitter uh, from a sister show on the Wide Angle Podium Network, and we have Mr. Bill Scheiken from Cyclecross Radio here with us. Hello, Slow Ride Podcast friends. Oh, so good, Bill. I am so happy you're here. Well, Let's you know, get... it's 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 cyclocross preseason, right? That's what the tour is now. It it is. And let's be honest. I mean, we're recording this on Sunday night. So the day after the um as Dory said on Twitter, the C SPAN of the Tour de France, which is the two the team time trial, stage mm-hmm. two. Let's get let's get right to the chase. Guys, Wild Van Art. Is going to be the yellow jersey wearer tomorrow after stage three, which finishes on that eight percent climb for the final, um, what, two k? I mean, this is this is Wild Van Art stage where he is going to be the leader of the Tour de France tomorrow. That's a it's a pretty good shot. It's a pretty good shot, and you know he already uh, he's gotten a taste of standing on the top step of that podium at the Tour de France already today. With the team time trial, now it wasn't you know he wasn't there by himself, but uh, I think he's I think he's just got a, a taste for it, and now he's out for blood. Yeah, it is going to be good, Bill. In the cyclocross world, how excited do you think people are when they see a guy like uh, Wout Van Aert, or shall I say, 2013 cyclocross world champion Mike Tunson in yeah. the yellow jersey, Louisville, Kentucky, U23 world champ. Oh. Beat out out there. So I, I think that he was the we already saw it, his destiny there. This this okay, talent Bill. that yeah. Let's let's get to it. <laughs> okay. Now you you are our resident music fan. You are a resident cyclocross fan. This is one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show tonight. I mean, how much are you walking around going like, yeah, I knew Mike Tunson before he was cool when you see him in the yellow jersey today. You know, there there are so many, it's it's almost to the point now, there are so many instances of this that that it's it's kind of lost its it's lost its shimmer a little bit. I mean, we even had the big the bigger names. And we were going with like nobody knew. Spencer, I saw Prince at First Avenue before. It was really, really cool. And now (laughs) he's got his seven day residency. So Prince is kind of old. Yeah. Well, no, but nobody knew who Matthew Vanderpool was. Nobody yeah. knew who Wout Van Aert was. We have, you know, so like, finally, we're working down to a guy that just just a U twenty three world champ and like, you know, strong as heck, uh, um, cyclocross racer. But yeah, so let me just say this: is that I had you know, no, Mike. I had no clue this guy was a cyclocross world champion when he came across the line in first place after. So stage one. Dylan Grosswagen crashes, right? So then there's yep. a sprint with Peter Sagan, and I'm like voting. I'm I'm rooting loudly to the point that my wife Sarah is going like, "Please be quiet. You're gonna wake up little Heimar." And I'm like, "Someone beat Peter Sagan. Please beat Peter Sagan." And then it's a guy. I'm like, Tunson, man, eh, lead out, man. Who's that? I had no clue. Were you like Bob Roll and saying Wout Van Aert beat him? Yeah. Oh wow. I. For okay. for like five solid minutes, they had no idea serious? who else could be on Yellow Lotto uh, oh, to wow. to even sprint. Oh wow! So, I mean, rest in peace, Paul Sherwin. But 
Bob Roll totally failed on his big debut to say who was the winner. I didn't know this. I, I was watching the commercial free version with Robbie McEwen because he's awesome. And his call was, I don't know who that was that beat him. Like he didn't, he didn't <laughs> mention Wild Art. He was like, yeah. I don't know who that was. That's a photo finish. I don't think Sagan had it was their call. Yeah. Uh, all, all I know is that it's going to be pretty awesome when we're at the Trek World Cup and you know that Tony Martin has to now show up and race a uh, cyclocross. <laughs> yep. I was I have on my agenda this whole segment about the Trek World Cup. So let's just get into it right now, guys. We are going to be out in September at the Trek World Cup, which at this point in the game, this is pretty much Tour de France preseason, right? Like we have to yeah. assume that in September it, if you want to know who's going to do well in the July 2020 Trek or uh, Tour de France, go to Madison for the Trek World Cup in 2019, and then you'll know who's going to be there because not only will, you know, maybe Wout won't be there, but the future of road cycling is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is where you go to see those bands before they were cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and... You could see us before we are cool, so like I, it's gonna be great. I had absolutely no clue who this Mike and Tunson was, and then I know Bill. You can roll your eyes all you want. I I had no clue until Brandon Gavick hit us up. Was like, hey, he showed up to the Louisville 2013 phone party, and I was like, cool. I'm gonna put this all over our Instagram that we knew who this guy was beforehand. <laughs> I had no clue was that he even won. Yeah, well, you know, he came to our party, so we can say we knew him. I think that's fair. Bill, honest question. When you saw his name as the yellow jersey winner, did you know that he was a cyclocross world champion? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just right. just because I mean, it, it, well, a because I've been following it. <laughs> it's kind of your job. Closely, yeah, yeah. He was a world <laughs> champion, and it was also, I mean, that at the race that there there was that phone party at that we were all at. So. Okay. Well, I'm stoked. It was great to see him win. I didn't know who he was, but now I'm super stoked because I'm like, I kind of saw them before they were cool. They were on the sampler CD that I got. Um, <laughs> yeah, the track you didn't listen to that much, but yeah, you yeah. kind of knew you here's, were peripherally aware of it. Here's the thing, though. Here, here's here's the dirty little secret about about Mikey T. Uh, oh, calling, Mikey and, T. And calling him a calling him a um, Tunes Tunes is the cat, as I like to refer to yeah. him as. Uh, calling him a cyclocross racer. He hasn't raced cyclocross since 2016. <laughs> but Yo, that's that's just that it. For a second. You that's know, and he's also he's a Dutch guy, and you figure by that time he's uh he's an elite racer, and he's his last race was uh the Dutch national championship, and he got tenth, and I'm sure that he was like looking over his shoulder and going, Vanderpool's gonna lap me, and I'm tenth. Yeah. And probably at that point he was All like, right. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely true. Hey, something else I want to talk about. Like, so we'll do more of our Tour de France coverage as the, the races go on, right? Like, <clears throat> I mean, let's be honest. Team time trials are the most boring. It's like watching paint dry. The only thing that a team time trial is better than an individual team time trial is like, you're like, ooh, the unison of the team. And then every now and then a postal crash will happen. And you're like, oh, how did that happen? And then there's one guy that's totally off the back. But that does lead into what I want to get to. The main sticking points of the Tour de France for me. Okay. Two things. Can't wait. One is the memes or the slash like blood, at the blood porn, I guess you would say, of situations such as Fulsang going head sure. over heels, face first, and then the camera zooming in nonstop to the bloody eyebrow. Yeah. Right. And then also Gross and Wagons crash and the final 1.5K. Like we know for a fact that this is going to happen at the tour. There's going to be these crashes and NBC sports and whomever the broadcaster is of the tour, they zoom in so much on these bloody aspects. Lawrence Tan Dam to me is like the most famous one when he, you know, totally the blood and then like the bandage across the face. Like he's the walked wounded from the all wide on the, or all quiet on the Western front type situation. It's so bad. How do you guys feel about this? Is it, is it that as bad as I'm thinking it is? It will be. You know, I, I feel like this was just an appetizer round. And uh, if you're already upset, you're going to be in trouble. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Like how much do we need to zoom in on the crashing in the blood? Like yeah. to me, that's like where it gets really bad. I, so I, 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 I get what you're saying, but we do have like six hours of a stage. <laughs> 
and like one exciting thing happens. So it doesn't matter what it is. They're going to show it a bunch, you know? Are you more offended at the, at the replays of the crash itself or just of the, of the post, um, the, the, the chaos after with the sort of the showing the blood streaming down the face. Good question. I enjoy the chaos after like as Astana brought the entire team back to get him back up to the group. And then there's like, Ooh, he's saying don't panic. And then he gets up to the doctor car and he gets the free toe for like half a kilometer as, as the, 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 the doctor is spraying her spray, the magic spray on her knee on his knee. But at the end of the day, it's the, the break before the commercial if you will, or like kind of the highlights of what's happening on the stage. Like, Ooh, this is what happened on the tour today. And it's like the focus on the crash when you're like, actually the final sprint on stage one was really exciting because of the drama that the lead out man is now the yellow Jersey winner. And the awkwardness that his roommate is Dylan Grossenwagen, who's not going to be in yellow. And he was the dictated leader of the team to be in yellow after stage one. And then his lead out man, the next bed over is the one that's, getting through to me that's just a that's more exciting than the crashing i agree with you in that it shouldn't be part of the highlight reel and i don't like it when they move it into the intro but as far as you know the 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 crash itself i am always interested and just like you know the whole point of analyzing races is i want to know how it happened I want to know what happened, and I want to see that replay. I don't care about the crash itself, but I want to see what what occurred and why that happened. Who screwed up? You mm-hmm. know what what led to this this moment. I think that's. I, I have no problem with seeing replays of that. Oh wow! What do you think, it, Spencer? Do they glorify? The I don't. Crash I don't want much? to go on a YouTube and see the greatest crashes of the tour. I think that right. stuff's crap. But in the moment, it's good for the ratings. Yeah, no, I know. Of course it is. I mean, look, did uh, so uh, actually, Spencer, here's the question for you. You know, what about when it's like uh, uh, Chara and his uh, broken jaw? I mean, is <laughs> how does yeah. this relate to other sports? Is it the same? Is it different for cycling? Uh, I, I feel like it's probably pretty much the same. Um, yeah, you know, uh, you're, you're talking about the uh, Stanley Cup uh, finals when, when Chara takes a puck to the face and breaks his jaw and they show it over and over again. Like, how did it happen? What did it hit? What deflected it up? Like all this stuff. Like you want to know, uh, I, I, a couple weeks ago we had the, um, uh, the crash in the women's race where somebody hit a pothole and lost their hands off the bars and swerved around and took out the whole front end of the race. And that was, that was the same kind of thing. Like you're looking for the pothole. You're looking for, did a wheel cross? You're, like it is, I, I get what you're saying. It is fun to, not fun, but interesting to Let's analyze see. that and, and figure out what went wrong and what the chain reaction resulted in. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I get what Tim's saying too. Um, there's definitely, uh, a okay. blood, a bloodlust uh, in the product in the production booth there <laughs> at Absolutely. the tour. I don't, I don't discount that at all. But at the same time, I think that you are not being a jerk if you want to see how right. Right. something played out in a race. Okay, right. let me put it this way: is that I feel that the three of us um, could become the producers and the directors of the entire Tour de France coverage that we see on. You know, it's not really NBC Sports's fault. Um, and we'll get to that later on their coverage, but it's more of the, the fault of just like, we know how this drama is going to be written. And let me, let me bring up a cup, another example that I have on the agenda here. Um, so forget the crashing. <clears throat> it's this idea that <laughs> this is an open tour is like the next one, right? So it's all about this self-fulfilling prophecy of, okay, we want the ratings. We want the ratings at the end of the third week and the second week, we're going to pro- promote this idea that this tour is going to come down to the third week on who's going to win. Now, as much in my heart of hearts, I want Nairo Quintana to win because I am a diehard fanboy that you guys know, and you, you can say what you want, but I want Nairo to win. <laughs> I also know that this is Garrett Thomas's to lose that he is going to win probably by a minute or so, if not more. And this, this false idea that this is an open tour. Like I was on a bike ride today and people are like, Ooh, I don't know who's going to win. Like everyone's looking around, like there's so many people missing. And you're like, no, like the defending champion of the tour de France is still in this race. He's British and he's for a British team. And it is a team that has 
the biggest budget in all of cycling, he is going to win. And this, this idea that it's an open tour to me is ridiculous. Okay. Counterpoint. (laughs) (laughs) FDJ was only off sky or Ineos time in the team time trial by 11 seconds. Explain that. Wait, sir. Who, who? FDJ? FDJ. They did not come to mess around. Thibaut Pino did not lose <laughs> two minutes in that team time trial, which everyone expected. Okay, good point. Good counterpoint. But I will say this is that there was absolutely no dissents in this whole... <laughs> That's true. At, in this okay. team time trial. So Pino is still okay when it's flat. And also, Team Ineos was the first team to go. So they didn't even get the time checks of how the whole course was going. I, all right, all right. But this is Garrett. I read let's, his book. Let's just, let's just put it this way. You need to get it off the Life, life according to G. Yeah, I, I'm familiar. <laughs> Let me put it this but way. Isn't... If, if he was going to take that yellow jersey, today was the day to do it. And he didn't do it. And not only did he not do it, but Yellow Lotto beat them. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. If the, wait, are you saying this is the day that G. Thomas was going to take the jersey? No, he could have Lance Armstrong. He needs a he needs someone to take it from him, and that person is going to be Wild Van Art. This is the Thomas Vokler plan. Go go ahead, take it for thirteen stages, and then G. Thomas is going to come in. He this is such a slam dunk. Why are we even acting like this isn't already a self fulfilled prophecy that uh, G. Thomas is going to win? Because, like I just said, FDJ somehow did not come to play. And Yellow Lotto is is running the running the table right now. They're taking everything. They're going to win tomorrow, according to you. So that's going to be three in a row for them. That's bonkers. Oh, what do you got, Bill? I I just I, I want to take a, a little um walk down Segway Avenue. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I mean, I could easily do that, but I I, I just want to take a little umbrage with your with your oh Ineos went first, therefore they didn't have time checks. Aren't Aren't they like the UCLA under John Wooden of of <laughs> I'm going deep here of of cycling in which his whole thing was like we don't prepare for other teams other we teams prepare, prepare for us yeah. right so they oh, yeah. don't need time checks from somebody else to get them like motivated to go faster marginal gains they had these splits decided what like in 2012 what they were going to do in this one they're already working on 2024 what the time trial is going to be like, isn't it that? I mean, this is a business. This is a science. This is Ineos. Yeah, it, you're right. I just have I just have so much trouble when I was maybe it was because I was on two group rides this weekend and both group rides. I'm like when the, the stages were starting for the day, people were like, oh, man, this is going to be the most exciting tour of all time because who knows who's going to win? And I'm like, the defending champion is still there. And I was just. Won't it be the first that first mountain stage when there are nine of them, or is it eight now? Whatever it is, the full team up there at the front, yeah, on the mountain, leading the way, and then we'll know that open open is a myth. Then they're gonna go like, "Ooh, this Bernal guy is the real deal," and I'm amazed that he is gonna play second fiddle to an Englishman on an English team. But anyway, next point that I wanted to bring up, Coach Tim, Uh next off the list. What is up with everybody with the white kits? Have you noticed this? I have noticed this. Okay. First off, Peter Sagan looks really awkward in a team trade kit because he's not wearing a national kit because he gifted the national championship to his brother, Jurich. And then he's not the Slovakia, or he's not the uh, like European champion, he's not the world champion. So now yeah. he's wearing a special edition but, yeah, Bora you, white kit. You see what he did. You see how clever this is. He is not, he is still not wearing their team trade kit. Like he was like, no, make a different one. I don't care if the whole team has to wear it. Make a different kit. I don't do that. And, and so they did. They made a whole new kit for the whole team. And then someone had posted in the uh, Slow Ride Podcast Facebook group uh, that he still is wearing basically the super wide shoulder stripes for oh, the yeah. Bora kit. So it still looks like he's a world champion when he's when he's riding behind someone. But yeah. the white kit, and then also. Trek Segafredo has the white kit as well with a bigger red block. I'm a little. That one, uh, that one caught me by surprise. I wasn't expecting them to come out with a new kit. Can I tell you I'm a little disappointed though? I'm a little disappointed because the uh, Tom Skunes Latvian kit isn't so like, I want bam. 
like what they did for Ruth Winder with the the national U.S. national champion with like it looks great, right? With the shoulders of the the blue and white stars, and she's wearing it in the Giorgio Rosa. Looks mm-hmm. great. The Latvia national championship kit leaves a little bit to be desired because it looks so similar to the normal kit. Can I what- take you down that segue road now? Yes. Please. I've heard so many people. There, there are two, two, two things that you hear so much of right now. A, oh boy, I don't know what this national kit's going to be like once Team <laughs> X gets a hold of it. And then B, this is one of the sharpest looking national team kits I've seen in a really long time. And as much as I know a lot of people loathe to give USA Cycling credit, they don't have a choice. There's a template that has to be followed now. You can yes. no longer have the rock racing Tyler Hamilton shame. just blown <laughs> out of a psychedelic dream. By the way, I just yes. want to say Rashan Bahadi is selling yes. a jersey and a vest combo of his rock racing national championship kit. Fantastic. Looks yeah. great. But yes, because of but rock racing, thing. we have the template that looks so good. And that's what you're talking about with Ruth Winter. That is, that's the same that the, the, the kids on my Devo team, that's the same kit they have because you have to follow that template. Okay. So they're all going to look the same. They no, look good, but they're that, going to look the same. That's a very good point. So we need to get a, we need to get rid of the template. Cause I like a variety. Here. <laughs> like, no, I'm, 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 I believe this. No, the template, the template always existed. It's just that. Right. Nobody ever followed it. I want until, the template to go got, away. until I, became enforced. I want I want this thing to look as ridiculous as possible. Trek did a good job. I would just say that for the Tom Skunes kit, why not have the whole Latvian? Like, I, it's just the red. The only thing that differentiates is it says Trek Segafredo above the Latvian flag. It's a little well, too. But, then, the, but if you get crazy stuff, then you get like the Viviani where they like flipped it on its side and it looks Whatever. like he's selling it's, ice cream it's, it's podcast fodder i love every single thing about it right like i want something that's different the the tom's one looks great i'm stoked that he's the latvian national champion i want that thing to be as ridiculous that you're going like whoa what jersey is he wearing instead you're kind of like eh, he's on the trek kit and maybe that one you know eh, they kind of messed up the template a little bit when they were sewing that one <laughs> am i totally wrong here yeah <laughs> You're not going to, it's not as exciting as I would have hoped for, but I think you're throwing it under the bus a little bit more than it deserves. Okay. It's, a, it's a fine kit, but it's not an extraordinary kit. Okay. And based on what they have been producing lately, I I was expecting extraordinary, you know? So let me put it this way. Bill, with the template, we can then therefore assume that the education first kit for Alex Howes is going to be pretty much the same thing as the Ruth Winter kit. Is that correct? That's correct. I'm a little disappointed in that. As much as I don't like the Education First Hypercolor t-shirt kit that they've got, I would love to see what they were doing with it to to give me material to talk about for a week on the podcast. I'm sure they'll make up for it with the bucket hat. Wow. <laughs> Very good point. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> wow. I don't even... I, I have so many places to go from there. But now that that's dumb... I, I do want to just say one other thing, Spencer. Uh-huh. Um, before wait. we get into the, the prem lap here, sure. this past week, you did a podcast on sister show, The Gravel Lot. Yeah. 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 We were- Great time. Really good conversation with those guys. Um, encourage you all to check it out if you haven't already. It's on the wideanglepodium.com. Uh, just pop open the Gravel Lot section and, and you'll find it there. Yeah. Well, really you- excellent conversation. You're really? you're really vamping here on the situation that I wanted to raise directly with you without bringing up um, previously. Uh, just, just like is, how well I uh, explained what we do here on the Slow Ride podcast and and how this whole show came together and how I give you a lot of credit for a lot of things that goes on here. I was very appreciative of that. That felt really good, but it did not... Yeah, I'm glad to hear... You know, that warms my heart. I'm really did, glad to hear it that. It did not relieve the anger that I had that you did not mention me for the Slow Ride podcast podcast slash wide angle podium hockey team i am a top-notch hockey player bill i feel can skate i think for sure we can take on the trek boys at the trek world cup if they were able to make some ice out there when we're there in september i just want to throw that out there play hockey (laughs) and uh spencer (laughs) with that 
We have so much more to get to. We got some listeners. Uh, Tim, I'm, I'm really sorry, dude. I didn't, I didn't realize you played hockey. You can yeah. totally try out for our team. Yeah, yeah. I, I will try out. We have so much more to talk about. We have some listener emails. We have one of my favorite segments of what happened at Nurbike. And uh, okay. so many other things. So let's get into the preem lap and then we'll uh, come right back. Sounds good. Let's go. This is Mitch Docker, and you're listening to Life in the Peloton, also the Slow Ride Podcast, afterwards. <laughs> All right, so this podcast, the Slow Ride Podcast, is supported by Health IQ, a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Visit healthiq.com slash WAP to learn more and get your free quote or check out their life insurance FAQ page to get your questions answered on how they can help save you money for being a healthy individual that you are more than likely because you're listening to the Soride podcast. Cause we bring everything that's there for you, right? Like you're listening to us because you like cycling. Therefore you're a healthy individual and you want to save some money on life insurance. <laughs> yeah, they, they do a good job of, of stacking up those discounts for folks that are taking care of themselves. Um, they also forgive some family history. They, they measure uh, your, your body measurement. They take them into consideration in a different way than a lot of traditional uh, insurance companies do, um, knowing that you're an athletic type of person. So if, if that is your persuasion... Um, I would uh, encourage you to check out healthiq.com slash WAP to find out a little bit more about what they're doing and how you can save some money. Take it for me. Get life insurance. You never know when you're going to need it. Yeah, you could uh, you could just have a stroke at, under the pressure of episode 200 at any time. <laughs> um, who knows how that's going to happen. This podcast is also uh, brought to you by our friends over at Whoop. Uh, whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P. Um, it's a fitness tracker. Uh, looks like Bill is actually wearing one right now, which is amazing. Um, so it's a, a wrist worn, um, kind of heart rate monitor and fitness tracker. And it's going to help you. It's going to help tell you what you're doing and what you need to be doing to maximize your training. Um, so it pairs with an app, uh, that you put on your phone and what it does is it breaks it down really simply for you into a green, yellow, red kind of situation as far as what you uh, should, what your goals for the day should be and what you can do and the output you can put in and the recovery that you need. And it's awesome. And I encourage you guys to all go check it out because if it's something you're into, you can pop in a slow ride uh, discount code, slow ride at checkout and save yourself 15% on a 12 or 18 month subscription which is all you pay for on that website because they send you the strap for free. Yeah, so just head on over to um, whoop.com and then enter in the code SLOWRIDE to save up to 15% on the service. Bill, you are wearing this wristband. It monitors, helps monitor your sleep. I have one in, in transit on my way to, to me. What should I expect when I get it? Right now it's telling me I should consider a nap. So for me, it's a win. All right. <laughs> that sounds winning. That's a perfect excuse. I could use one of those actually more times than not. Um, well, now you know that you're doing it for training. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm at, I'm at, I'm, I'm in the yellow right now. I, I, I need to, I need to have a little, little lower, you know, I've, I've actually ridden for the past six days. So it's like, Hey, hey wow. Bye-bye. Six Time days. To, I know. Let's get a, wow. That is good yeah, on the, so. uh, good to hear. Uh, Spencer. This is this is the kind of training I expect for somebody on the A team of our hockey team. That's right. <laughs> and l- let me just let me add one other uh, quick shout, and that of course is to our friends over at Grimper Brothers Coffee. Head yeah. on over to uh, wideanglepodium.com/coffee, and you can find out more on how to save uh, or how to get the best coffee blends specific for the Wide Angle Podium Network. So once again, that's wideanglepodium.com/coffee to uh, see the selection from Grimper Brothers. Yep. Awesome. And that's, uh, and to, let's get back to the show. Spencer, we have so many things to get to. <laughs> okay. Let's get right back there, Tim. What up? This is Thomas Koyinch. 
and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey guys, big fan of the show. I was hoping you would be able to help me with a small issue. I just got a new bike, which I love, but the only problem is that it's black, completely absent of color. The poor thing needs a little sass to help it out. Outside of changing the bar tape, I changed the chain to gold, but it immediately turned black. There's a sticker or two, a little juvenile, tube caps, any ideas. Thanks, guys. Dan Waller. So, Spencer and Bill, what can we do to help spruce up Dan's bike? It is completely all black. So, I mean, you're starting with a blank slate, right? Like this is this is a great, great jumping off point um, because you could kind of go any direction. Now, you did go with the gold chain. So initially, as as Tim was reading this, I was like, "Well, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get little gold details here and there." And then all of a sudden, the the chain's not gold anymore. So, uh. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. But um, do I need to consider options that that don't clash with gold? Do you think? Or are we, we going to clean that chain up? I, Where are we going? I'm not this? worried about the chain. I think that we need to go more. Why are you not like if you're if you have an all black bike? Like the first thing that you need to fix is the color of the headset. I well, want, I want a colored headset. Go Chris King. Go to uh, Paul Components. Whatever. Get an anodized headset. Like that. It does not going to help you weight wise at all. Like at least add a little pizzazz there. Sure, um, headset's a good, good option. Um, seat post clamp also a good option. Ooh. You're going to want to match yes, those two together. Um, bling it out just a little bit. Um, what about matching tires, Spencer? What about getting the tires to match the color of the bar tape? Now, like full red, get some Michelin Speediums, my old classic standby of tires. Yeah, terrible, terrible <laughs> options. Um, I don't know. I've never ridden those tires. I don't know. I like the Michelin uh, Pros a lot, though. Um, no, I, I think I think tires, much like brightly colored saddles, um, brightly colored tires are best left in the early 2000s uh, where they belong. And um, <laughs> But Spencer, the all black, and Bill, you jump in here any moment, but the all black bike, like, to me, that is straight. That's that's reading straight out of nashbar.com. I mean, come on. You got to have a little bit of flavor on your bike. You can't yes. have an all black bike. Like, I'm a little worried here for Dan. Uh, no, I think Dan, I think Dan's going to be okay. He just needs to, he needs to, uh, just to hit those little pops of colors like he was, he was talking about. I don't think stickers are the right way to go. Uh, maybe if you get some, some custom vinyl cut stuff uh, that he wants to stick on there and make his own brand name, something like that. Maybe. No. What but, about what about having his name or his Twitter handle on a bike post? Is, is that that's, the start? That's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. With like a, you know, country flag next to it or a little pirate flag or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you need to start with seat post color, um, maybe headset, but I think that might be uh, you know inv- investment to awesome. Uh, ratio is a little skewed on that one. Um, but I know, I know he's like, he doesn't sound like the type who's running the, uh, no Garmin, no rules kind of lifestyle. Cause he's really concerned about this. So he's working this out. And so he's definitely got his, his Garmin up there or something. And he's, you know, you can get those K edge mounts that are anodized here. So you're going to, you're going to start piecing this together a little, maybe you go blue for all that stuff or red for all that stuff or but the beauty with the black bike is you can do any color you want, right? Like, wait, so so Bill, are you into an accent color that Spencer is saying? Like, right? Like, you well, haven't a single accent color? Or are you all? I, I don't know why we're saying single. I mean, we don't know what kind of guy Dan is. I mean, is he into Marley? Is he, you know, is That's he somebody true. that 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 wants wants the uh, Rasta headset? Oh wow! Because you know, I think we could go there. The other thing, here's what I would do. What I would do is I would keep it all black. And what I would get is one of those like kind of um, bike bras that, you know, Trek has on their <laughs> mountain bikes right now. And I would just tie it to the top tube and around right right around the, uh, the seat tube as well as if this is a prototype bike that he's not allowed to show to anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a whole other way of thinking about it. I didn't even... Th- the the prototype bike is also one of my favorite things that every now and then you see like ooh what kind of components are are so, they riding yeah. or I remember Kabush had like some kind of remote drop 
like dropper seat posts that he was riding in some mountain bike races. And you're like, and everyone started zooming in on the photos, but then he had, you're like, Ooh, what is this supposed to look like? But it was all uh, jet I, black. Yeah, I, this was, be... I witnessed the, the uh, pink bike exclusive photos being made when Yolanda Neff had the new uh, XTR components mm-hmm. on her bike in uh, Nova Mesto two years ago. And it was like paparazzi with guys like, you know, you know when you see them like sticking cameras into celebrities uh, limo um, windows and like just shooting off a hundred shots. It was like running after her on course, just just camera down <laughs> at, at the at the rear derailleur, just trying to get that shot. And then, you know, yeah. 10 minutes later, there it is on pink bike. Yeah. Amazing. So that's it. That's what you need. Just just start covering up little parts of your bike and I say, think... hey, you know, I don't, guys, I don't want to say on your group ride, don't want to say too much, but I'm working with a major <laughs> yeah. bike producer is, manufacturer this is and very strong some stuff so, yeah this is pretty this, much straight up the little guy alley you gotta make it look official you need like the the three inch thick like black gaffer tape just right over like the up down the whole down tube just total logo coverage and uh yeah really play that or up. even that, even do the different black good. and white um designs like they do on the on the cars like when they're running them at Le Mans oh, and yeah. stuff so like those guys with the you know the big cameras the huge lenses when they take the pictures it's just sort of all blurs together and they can't tell new car models yeah I like that there's a, there's a lot of good options here um but yeah I mean the best advice right is to just like what a good excuse to go into the bike shop and just buy a bunch of stuff and put it on your bike and see if you like it and then if you don't, just, you know, pop it up on eBay or whatever and donate it to the junior team in your area and buy some new stuff in a different oh, color. So and good. You, could, you could swap that stuff out every couple of months and it's like you have a new bike. All of a sudden, it's green for, for summer and then it's blue for fall. And then uh, while I'm on the trainer, it's, it's orange. So and I think what we're saying to Dan here is put some gaffer tape over whatever logos that are on your bike. Yeah. Act like it's a straight prototype. And then after that wears off, just go get a new headset and maybe matching, uh, you know, valve stem covers. And look, that 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 solves the problem that he asked. <laughs> Those are stickers. Yeah, yeah, they're blank, is, but they're still they're yeah. still stickers. <laughs> this is so good. All right, hey guys, uh, Tim and Spencer. I've only paid attention to professional cycling for a little over a year, but today I happened to see a brief video posted on the Velen CS Facebook page that showed pictures of the bicycles that each team uses this tour. Mm. Brand names mm-hmm. of bicycles as well as the bicycle team names haven't been a priority for me to learn as I've immersed myself into paying attention to the aspects of professional cycling. But the video juxtaposed a couple of bikes, one after another, and that's what intrigued me. Specifically, Lado Sudal bike was sewn uh-huh. just before the Mitchelton Scott. There happens to be a movie director whose name is the pair of words on the down tubes of those two bikes. <laughs> uh-huh. Given that they appeared in the order that they did in the video, it was something I noticed that I doubt I would have noticed otherwise. Of course, we're talking about the combination of Ridley Scott bicycles, which the fact that this was pointed out by uh, Mick, uh, listener of the podcast, was one of my favorite emails we've got this week. Have you? I mean, that's pretty brilliant, right? Like, this is the aliens so, of bicycles that they would show them back right. to back. So, of course, I did a Google on Tour de France team bicycles, and Lado Sudal was directly in front of Mitchelton Scott everywhere. Granted, it's yeah. because of alphabet alphabetized names, but Ridley Scott, come on, this is just too let good me, to be true. Let me let me just blow his mind just a little bit more now. You may may or may not know if you've listened to the Gravel Lot podcast, which I was actually featured on last week. Um, <laughs> you may want to check it out. Very good conversation. Uh, I used to work for uh, uh, the distributor of Ridley Bicycles here in the U.S., and I've met the owner of Ridley Bicycles, Joachim Ertz, who named Ridley Bicycles after Ridley Scott. Oh, you're kidding. Are you serious? Nope. It is true. Oh, wow. That is where the name Ridley comes from. Wow, that that I feel like like you just blew the doors off of uh, name dropping. Bill, how do you feel about re- listening to this? I, I feel like <laughs> I, I, I'm I, there. There needs to be a bike that's like uh, the Andromeda strain. You know, I mean, there 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 has to be great movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a blade. Why is there not a Blade Runner bike? 
Yeah. If that, name, that's gonna so Ridley and Scott have to get together and do like a collab and put out the Blade Runner. If you're if you're naming your bike after Ridley Scott, then every single of your one of your models needs to be a character out of the yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't answer that part of it. It's, you, I assume it's copyright kind of issues or something. <laughs> Spencer, were you at Ridley when they introduced the whole like uh integrated brake system that was on the fork that Yeah, the that? uh the Noah fast uh yeah. system, yeah. It was like a little bit before disc brakes came out to kind of just negate any type of aero advantage that that bike could have. Yep. I I just remember looking at the fork and seeing the way that the brakes were integrated, going like, wow, that's actually kind of a revolutionary bike design. It was. And then immediately they go to disc brakes, what, yeah, a year and a half they, later? <laughs> You're like, they they bet pretty heavy that road bikes would not go to disc, and uh, I think they did not pan out well. Um, so but those bikes are super cool. If you haven't if you haven't seen them, look up the Ridley Noah Fast Yes, and uh, check it out. For sure. A slow ride podcast recommendation that for those of you that are bike nerds, look out the Ridley Noah fast. It was pretty cool to see the way it was integrated. All right, guys, before we get into um, mountain bike, because that is something else that's really exciting, especially downhill and all of that. I do want to bring up one thing Now, you guys know my love of uh, the old adventure cyclist magazine or by the adventure cycling association. This is hands yeah. down my favorite magazine in the cycling world. It's not it's not super glossy compared to what you would see from bicycling bicycling magazine or whatever, but there is some straight gems in here. And this I I I scrolled into the marketplace section of this magazine, right? And you guys have I know for a fact you both have been to Interbike. I know that for a fact that you both have kind of thumbed your way through various cycling magazines. I believe that the marketplace section of the Adventure Cyclist magazine is uh-huh. the replacement for the the secondary section of Interbike, right? Like that those aisles that you're in Interbike and you're like, oh man, like someone would come up with a new invention, oh some kind of uh, you know helmet cover that would be really reflective, or some new light system to make the bike you know the wheels look like stars right. when the the bikes are moving. That that section of Interbike where where you were you were sort of looking down at your phone or doing something, and then when you glanced up, you were like, "Oh no, yeah. where am I? How did yeah. I get here? How did, how did I get here?" And I know someone spent five grand for that booth space right there, the ten by ten. Yeah, and no one is stopping to talk to that person, and you weren't even you didn't feel bad enough to go talk to them because you're like the, the it's the brown metal folding chair section. Exactly, <laughs> it is. Like, yeah, so. I, w- I scrolled through the, the the marketplace of adventure cyclists, and I love this magazine. In fact, I'm I'm a member, or I'm going to become a member of the Adventure Cycling Association once my check <laughs> makes its way out to Missoula, Montana. Uh-huh. They have this thing, and there's an ad in the back, and I totally looked it up, and it's called the Steer Stopper, and the ad itself is Stop Front Wheel Flop, and I was like, what is this? Let me describe to you what this device is. And again, it's called the steer stopper. You can even go to steerstopper.com if you want. It is a okay. device that you put onto your like your your steer, like your your below your stem. You take your stem off, you put this thing on, and it's it's a it's a thing that you you attach to your top tube so that your your front wheel doesn't go left or right when you're trying to put it onto your uh you know, rack above the uh, car, or if you are done, oh. you know, riding with your paneers and you're kind of, uh, you know, just sitting on the side of a, uh, you know, park bench in the middle of the, uh, the forest. Sure. So it does, it means that your front wheel doesn't turn left or right. It's actually stopped and aligned to your top tube. Got it. And so it, I could see that being helpful if you had the loaded down front paneers, but here's the thing is that it is a registered trademark. And it really like I felt really bad for who invent whoever invented the steerstopper.com uh device because looking at this thing, I don't know if they're ever gonna make enough money to get back the patent that they've filed for this. Sure. That'd be Tom Melcher of Sacramento, California. Did you look it up? <laughs> <laughs> uh so Bill, are Tim- you gonna buy one? Like, am I totally wrong? Like, this is, well, this is here's solid the, gold. Here's, like, he I bought just, an ad in Adventure Cyclist. 
for this. I'm reading the review in Bicycle Touring Pro, and it starts <laughs> out telling me that the steer stopper is a high-end bicycle accessory. Right there, I'm sold. Yeah. Nice. It's high-end. So <laughs> here's the thing, Tim. When you when you started reading this and you told me uh, about the adventure cycling magazine and backwoods riding and how much how great this magazine is and how there's something called the steer stopper. I definitely thought this was something that protruded out from the front of your bike to prevent you from hitting deers <laughs> or cows. Yeah. I was, I kind of like, I got it engrossed in the magazine. I was like paging through and I was like, oh man, this magazine is really great. Like there's so much good stuff in here and the advocacy work that they're doing. And then I got to the marketplace section and I was a little disappointed that I was like, well, I'm going to go to steerstopper.com. I don't know why this product exists. <laughs> Can I tell you the, the first thing that I, I think about <laughs> when I see this? Uh, what what were the shifters called when they were on the um, coming out of the stem? They weren't actually down to, but they were actually like right up there. Oh, the ten speed, the ten speed shifters. Back yeah, in the day. yeah, that it's kind of there. I mean, it, you, this is like Steve <laughs> Martin's invention in the jerk. Yes, the first person exactly. who crashes and impales themselves on the steer stopper, <laughs> this guy loses the millions I'm sure he's already made. That's a very good point, Bill. Thank you for bringing that up. Like it is the the jerk of all inventions here. Like you feel kind of bad for the gentleman that created this because I hope that this he isn't thinking that this is his meal ticket. The opti grab. He is. It's the opti grab for bikes. I mean this isn't this isn't the uh, the third eye mirror on the glasses like that. I I saw in a group ride today. A gentleman had the third eye steer on the on the glasses, and you're like, all right, that's cool. People buy that. I don't know anybody that is going to buy the steer stopper. I mean, I think you probably sold a few of them for him just now. <laughs> Go to steerstopper.com, Put in the <laughs> the code slow ride. And see what happens. <laughs> uh, this this show is not sponsored in any way by Steer Stopper. <laughs> we just love the product. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Bill. Okay, we're we're almost at the end of the podcast. But the reason I wanted to bring you on here is that you enlightened to talk me about today. hockey. Well, I would love to talk about that, but that's for his, uh, this little known podcast that we do on the Parts Bin channel of the Slow Ride called Sports Ballers, and we'll get there okay. later. But Bill, yes, you enlightened me today that in downhill and there was a downhill world cup that you're going to talk about here in a little bit at in andorra is that when you're a downhill world champion you don't get a jersey you don't Correct. you don't you don't win the jersey i didn't know this i'm, a, I'm coming from a roadie background you win the sleeve oh yeah um spencer did you know about winning the sleeve i you know, I didn't think I did. Uh, I have noticed that only the sleeve has been done up in in like team liveries before, but or national liveries. But I I didn't. I thought it was just an aesthetic choice by mountain bikers because they're weird. Because it was downhillers. That's what I thought. I thought that the downhillers were like, <laughs> we won the national champion. We are too hip, too cool. We're just going to make our right. right sleeve or our left sleeve the stars and stripes, yeah. Bill. This is the most amazing thing you've brought to my attention. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, I guess, a, a fault of our, um, us on the, on the media side who goes to national championships, maybe not to, to publicize this enough. But, I mean, when you're interviewing people at nationals in the downhill categories, the, the, the lexicon completely flips. I mean, one, it's, 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 it's rowdy and that kind of stuff, but also they're not talking about winning a Jersey. The dream of these kids is not to win a Jersey. They don't care about, they got plenty of Jersey. They want to win a sleeve. That, All you hear is about awesome. is winning the sleeve. I want, I want the road. I want Alex Howes to be so stoked that he won a sleeve. It sounds way cooler than the Jersey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do wear, they do wear long, long sleeve kit so it makes there's more there's more real estate there for the design yeah and and i i I would also like to point out that as far as the u.s goes there is a template there is a template i was just gonna ask Uh oh my god (laughs) that can't be followed i have to i have to assume whoever the downhill national champion is in the u.s that they're like screw you usa cycling we're downhillers so we're gonna have our own sleeve 
Well, and so where this came up, just to get into Segway Nation here, where this came up was we were, I was, I brought up in the, uh, in the, in the, the, the CX Harris, um, slacks space about how this, uh, writer, Johannes von <laughs> Klebelsberg. You mean, you mean the guy in jeans? <laughs> You're stealing the fun of your brother. Yes. The guy who raises downhill in jeans Spencer, as a privateer. No. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Just, just go, go look up a uh, Johannes von Klebelsberg. Um, and you'll see, see him in the last couple rounds uh, of the World Cup downhill. And he's racing in jeans. And he's not a schlub. I mean, that's the thing. He, yeah. he came in 14th in this World Cup. And he is he, he, he raced for Mondraker, I think, two years ago uh, before Denim Nation took over. And it, he has an Italian sleeve. That was basically the, the, the uh. point of this. He was an Ita- the Italian uh, downhill champion i just, just want to say bill back so, off like we've already adopted him as the official downhiller of the slurred <laughs> podcast because he's in jeans <laughs> like I, I saw this video. i have he's in jeans yeah i have i have two important questions about this uh so i wasn't privy to this conversation so maybe you guys answered this already but when you are the national champion and you get the sleeve the next year someone else wins you no longer have the sleeve do you get the cuff <laughs> oh, is there something I, that's a good question <laughs> oh my god so, and it's really you get a color. I, I don't you get a color. I don't know because like in the US it's sort of been Kintner and Gwyn for you know yeah. so many years that that who knows. Okay. Well, well I'll, I'll need I'll, to look follow, into this. I'll follow up on that. I want to say yes. I want to say that they're Perfect. they're they're rocking some kind of collar or something. Okay. And and my second thing uh regarding the jeans. What's the downside? Is there like is it doesn't sound that bad. No, and he's 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 up front. It's not straight up um cotton. He's like they got some, you know, there's a little little spandy in there. It's got a little pool to it. Well sure. All the kids are wearing that these days. Yeah, but like I I, I honestly I, you're wearing long pants anyway. They just need to kind of protect you from the brush and whatnot. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. Is he is he really giving up anything? No, I mean I think they they're 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 sort of you know, he's got, they, they got a little bag to him cause he got to get those pads in there, you know, and that, that, that protection. But, but other than that, yeah, no, I, they're it's, not it's boot a good cut. Look. They're not boot cut by <laughs> no. any means. Like, That's no, good. Fit. They have some stretch. <laughs> I mean, he's racing downhill world cups and he's, he's European. I mean, I so, didn't expect him to be on the cast of friends, you know? So Bill, what yeah. happened in uh downhill world cup? Anything exciting? I'm, I'm assuming that Rachel Atherton slayed everybody because she's the greatest uh, downhiller of a generation and she had no competition. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. You know, and we've seen that like uh, Tawny Seagrave was her biggest competition. She she is injured and has a new role on the on the downhill uh, circuit. Oh, she's what's that? she's. She's commentating for Red Bull. She is the uh, she is up there at the at the start house uh, during during the I saw her mainly during the men's races doing some interviews. They're um what's the word to describe these interviews? They are loose. We'll call oh, them loose. I right. love I'm it. I have to watch this. I I was planning on watching the coverage later. Um, or now I'm way more excited to see Tony Seagrave up there doing the interviews because. Does she interview Rachel Atherton at all? I did not see that. It would be very interesting if she did. Rachel's a pro. I'm sure she would talk to her, despite you know them not being <laughs> friends, uh, according to Rachel. But um, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I just I just saw her uh, sort of uh, hanging out with some of the dudes, and it was it was yeah. kind of funny. It would be all the normal questions, you know, how are you feeling today, yeah. blah blah blah, and then being like sliding in the and what tire pressures are you running front and rear. <laughs> Hey Bill, how important is tire pressure on downhills? Oh, I think I think it's I think it is super important. And oh, here's here's an interesting thing. So, uh, uh, talking about tire pressure, uh, Rob Warner actually taught me something about, especially racing at Balnord, is that the elevation drop is so huge oh. from the top of the mountain down to the bottom that the PSI changes. Two, two PSI change from the top to the bottom. 
So that's crazy. Tire okay. pressure. So you not only have to figure out your tire pressure, but you have to figure out where you know what's the happy medium between the what's happening in those first two minutes of the run versus the the bottom half of the run. Okay, um, Bill and Dora, hmm. final questions. Was there cross country mountain bike World Cup today? Yes. Yes, there was. And what did we see or what did we learn about the cross country? Is basically in short, was there a Matthew Vanderpool update? Okay. So <laughs> the Matthew Vanderpool update is that he gave everybody the weekend off. He was not there. He was not and there. Wow. Yeah. Why? I don't know. But I will tell you this, Tim. If you are looking for your the myth of the open TDF, it was on the hills of Andorra and it is on the <laughs> World Cup circuit this year for mountain biking. Because it is, it looks, it looks from the outside like it's wide open. Like there in this race, uh, you know, we had we had um uh Andre Sink from the cross right riding racing team and, and the Czech Republic, who was crushing everybody in the men's race. I mean, he had like a 20-second lead, maybe more at some point. He looked like he was gonna win this thing easy. Comes into the feed zone and, and I hope he's okay. Starts like tapping his chest and has to sit there for three minutes while they're pouring ice water over him. And then then uh, Sheridan and Matthias Fluckinger and uh, Avancini all all catch now, him. This is but, the but here's, here's, that you were talking here, about the last time you're on. You're, you're all about sink. yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> but here's the thing: is that we look at this and you know Vanderpool won and different people won. But in the end, much like the myth of the Tour de France, who wins today? Nino Scherter. Yeah. Like he's still the man. A, he's still the man. It wasn't even a uh, competition. It well, Fluckinger like, gave him, he gave him a run for his money and it looked like he was, and, and Scherter actually watched a race because there are two times in the same spot. Once um, Avancini blocks him perfectly. I mean, it looked, it, it looked like a cyclocross race out there. He just, he just chops him in a corner and um, Nino has to go foot down, which was crazy to see, but he recovered, caught back on. And then kind of that same area, he has trouble with it again and, and is, is gets his bike sideways on this uphill, on this climb, very, you know, non shirter esque And it looks like, oh, he's done. You know, Flokinger has this. And then by the end, you know, uh, Fluky uh, gets passed and uh, Nino's able to sprint it out and take the win. Mm. Not, I, I look forward to watching it and to seeing what happened. I'm a little shocked that Sink had some... Uh, difficulty in the heat i mean come on move to florida like I, I hate that excuse of the heat and you're like overheating in the uh the pit not surprised that Scherter won so thanks for just not spoiling the race for me because we just assumed that that was going to happen it's like g thomas is going to win the tour um spencer uh, yeah so tim i wanted to, i do want to give you since you asked for it i do want to give you a quick mvdp update <laughs> i love these now, he may not have been racing this weekend on the road or on the mountain bike, but he did cause some ripples throughout the peloton, I think, uh, because the rumors are starting to surface that um, Katusha might be in a little bit of trouble because their Canyon Bikes and sponsor and their Alpecian sponsor are both okay. wanting to uh, uh, put their funds towards a certain... Matthew Vanderpool. Okay, this was going to come up, and I'm happy you you raise this the specter of this uh, that Katusha is going to go away because of Canyon and Alpecian. So first off, Canyon makes total sense that that is going to go right. So sure. let's assume yeah. that Canyon is going to go to Matthew Vanderpool. We've seen the video, fantastic like announcement of it's, the support. Yeah, that's a done deal. Matthew Vanderpool is going to be sponsored by Life by Canyon. Like I feel that they are going to put whatever money it is into that gentleman that it is similar to what specializes doing with Sagan. Let's get to the Alpecian sponsorship. So the Alpecian, like the whole caffeine for your hair, right? Like the idea that this is going to make your hair the deal. You are the real one. We saw what it was doing with Kittle. Unfortunately, Kittle decided to take a uh, break from the sponsorship. So now Katusha is, or uh, sorry, uh, Alpecian is looking at where are we going to put our money? Clearly, it's not the Katusha team because Zacharin not exactly have the best flow and Menkov is left, you know, on the side of the road, no longer has it. Yep. Spencer, Bill, 
let's be honest here. Matthew Vanderpool, good looking gentleman. It's not Wout Van Art. Wout has the hair that needs to be the Alpecian sponsor. Am I wrong? Well, you take away the the you take away the highlights, and I think I think we're on. You know, if 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 Wout's not doing the hair doping, I I think I think they're on pretty pretty even ground. And who knew the ramifications of Kittles and his hair that it would it would the 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 shockwave shock from yeah. that from retiring yeah. would be losing sponsors. So and and another huge thing here is essentially we have Alpecian calling the shot. There's they they have dethroned Bob Jungles as the leader of the Peloton in the hair game and propped up. They are they are they are staging a coup here and putting Matthew Vanderpool a guy that's not even uh, at the in tour. the limelight. Like huh? this is the the sponsor entitlement era. So that, that, that well, I think I think here. they're seeing the potential. They're seeing. Maybe he's not a plus hair game now, but he could be. He could be a double this, plus, triple plus. Who knows? Sky's the limit. This this excites me so much that a sponsor is willing to just like <laughs> forego. That's amazing. Years of sponsorship and money that they've put into. I mean, granted, Katusha has always been the weirdest sponsorship for me because they have their own like clothing company, and this is kind of tied up in the whole Russian oligarchy. I, you know, yeah, they there. did that whole thing before it was cool. It's not yeah. Gazprom, but it's it's there. But I mean, that they may disband because of Matthew Vanderpool, who's also doing mountain biking and going to win the gold medal in the Olympics and then come back to race road is one of my favorite things in cycling right now. Anyways, so Bill, before we yes. wrap up the show, is there anything else you would like to bring up about what's happening into the cyclocross world? Because I feel that you are the one that has your finger on the pulse more than anything because of who's wearing the yellow jersey right now in the tour. Um, who is the next person? Anything that we should keep our eyes on heading into the rest of the road cycling season? Well, one thing before before we tackle that, I did, it would be remiss not to bring up you know, we talked about Matthew Vanderpool not racing mountain bike. So this was, you know, a Dutch guy winning a mountain bike world cup, which hadn't been done since like Bart Frenchens did it in the nineties or whatever. I getting my dates wrong a long time ago. <laughs> we had the very first Dutch woman ever win a world cup today. Did we? Oh. And Terpstra. Wow. Thank you for bringing that up. That should not go yeah. unmentioned. Yeah. So, I mean, spoiler. Yeah. And Terpstra takes it, beats uh, Yolanda Neff and uh, Yana Bellamoina. Um, two, a couple cool things. Uh, Daniela Campuzano, who is the Mexican champion, who I was able to see race in um, uh, California earlier this year. She got fourth. Uh, the, the other one on the men's side, Jose, uh, Gerardo Uola, who I like to refer yeah. to as the mountain goat from Benelli and other races like that mm. sixth on the men's side. So better than, you know, many of the top racers. So Mexico bringing it in the, mm. in mountain bike world cup. So that was, awesome. that was really, really cool to see. And then the, the other thing that we have to mention since she's you know, we talked about our our jean wearing uh, privateer on and the downhill. The the privateer in the women's side is uh, Jenny Rizvids, who is back and racing and uh, pulled off a fifth place, which is pretty darn impressive. So those are those would be, I think, the the points at least from the from the mountain bike side. And then last last but not least, uh, Evie Richards coming back from you know six months, seven months injury and pulled off a second yeah. in the U twenty three. Wow, awesome. that is that's why you're here. And we haven't even gotten into, I mean, there's so much great racing going on right now. We didn't even get into um, the Giro de Rosa as well, right? With Marianne Voss taking uh, two stages recently. Um, and the whole, I mean, we we're talking white kits earlier. We have the big love white kit. Spencer, I know you're a fan of the uh, of the the new minty fresh stripe that uh, we get to see. Uh, it's a on good the look. Kit. But I mean, there's so much more. Now, Spencer, you and I are planning on uh, doing some more uh, Tour de France coverage and kind of what we're seeing over the first couple stages and moving on. Yep. Bill, yep. absolutely stoked you were on the show today. Um, 
Thanks. For- can, I, can I give you one last thing? You know, you're talking about cyclocross and the tour. What's new or what we have to look forward to to cyclocross? I think the biggest thing that we finally saw come to fruition this weekend, and uh, kudos to you guys for throwing this man his <laughs> bachelor party six yeah. years ago that he lived his best life in Louisville, Kentucky at the phone party. <laughs> Got everything he may have in that system out of his system and is now a married man. Lars Vanderhaar, Lucy Gardner tying the knot. Super couple in cycling. Yep. The the phone party. So I will say this. The 2022 Fayetteville phone party is already scheduled. We're excited for that. I don't know if we're going to have to find a location like Sound Pony is going to have to open up uh, another uh, location in Fayetteville. But I am stoked because, Bill, I believe... The Louisville 2013 phone party. We have so much photographic proof of all this future of cycling that it's only natural that nine years later we're going to have the next batch. I mean, you all cycles. had actual like uh, <laughs> serious uh, cycling journalists showing that picture that Gavik found. I saw that all over Twitter today. <laughs> oh, so good. And with that, I would like to thank everybody for listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Email us or let us know what you think over at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music and like to thank Health IQ for their continued sponsorship. Head on over to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out more on how to save money for your life insurance. And we'd like to thank our friends at Whoop. Head on over to whoop.com to find out how to prepare and recover in the best possible way and using the code SLOWRIDE to save 15% on your service at whoop.com. Indeed. You can also check out uh, all the other shows on the Wide Angle Podium Network, uh, shows like Life in the Peloton by Mitch Docker from Education First, um, shows like Bike, so- Bike Shop CX, uh, learning about all the mechanical side of things, or even... Cyclocross Radio, which Bill is a part of here uh, and guesting on our show this week, uh, all found over on the WideAnglePodium.com. And Bill, what do you got for us? What I got for us is you and you listeners is that if you haven't checked out the parts bin, I think you mentioned it before, Tim, but I would uh, encourage people to get over there. It's our little uh, incubator section of the Wide Angle Podium. And uh, you and I are doing a a show I look forward to. episode two whenever that may happen of sport ballers but we also got a grodio show out there scott deenbach's doing a vinyl show uh as as you know um spencer was talking about on the gravel lot and even i see over on the slack and everything else all these the all of our different hosts we have such a great amount of hosts now you know scheming about what's going to be next on the parts bin so check that out and also last dirt fuel recordings we got a couple uh new episodes uh, up there i mean uh lindsey goldman really so good. i love for people to listen to those and uh, follow me at CXRs like everywhere, I guess. So good. And with that, thanks for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Hincappy. <laughs> you say uh, this is Tim in Orlando. Oh, yeah. This is Tim. This is Coach Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer in Boston reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. I'm sure you're just going to fix that in post. Yeah, I'm going to have to, huh? The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.